Welcome to Two Minutes in the Yellowstone Ecosystem, sponsored by the Yellowstone Wildlife Sanctuary. Now here's your host, Gary Robson. So what are we talking about here this morning? Well, we've talked about bison, we've talked about elk, we've talked about some other big critters. We're talking about something much, much smaller today. Um, ticks. That's a whole lot smaller. Uh, smaller than that. Smaller than a tick. Smaller huh? than oh, that. wow. And I thought <laughs> I was going way, way, way smaller. No, the West Nile virus. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is it's, smaller. And it's uh, it's topical at the moment. It is. Since, that it uh, is. Here in Carbon County, Montana, we just had our first case in a human last week of West Nile virus. Mm-hmm. And our first death in two years in Montana from West Nile virus. Yeah, that happened in the uh, uh, that Yellowstone That happened in County? Billings, the Yellowstone, yeah, Yellowstone County. County. And it's, uh, it's all over Wyoming and Idaho and, of course, Yellowstone National Park. Uh, it is not something to panic about, but it is something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Have your spray available, or not your bear spray either. People get the West Nile virus from mosquitoes. Mosquitoes, in turn, get it from biting infected birds. The virus transfers into the mosquito in the bird's blood... It develops inside the mosquito. When the mosquito bites us, it injects a little bit of its own saliva inside its human victim to keep the blood from coagulating or clotting. And it's that little bit of saliva that transfers the virus into humans. You cannot get West Nile virus from touching somebody, coughing, sneezing, breathing, um, uh, breathing, uh, even touching animals. Now, it's not that dangerous in human beings because only about one in every 150 people that get the virus actually even show any symptoms, uh, symptoms like headaches or fevers, and fewer still show very serious symptoms. In horses, it's a lot more serious. About one in three horses that contract West Nile virus die from it. There is a vaccine for horses, and vaccinating horses is a good idea during the mosquito season which runs around the greater Yellowstone ecosystem from June to about September. There is no vaccine, however, for humans. Human vaccines require a lot more testing and a lot more protocols to be followed before they're allowed to be released. Hopefully, in the next few years, we will have one. Since the virus is transmitted by mosquitoes, there are the Ds of mosquito safety that you have to remember to practice. First two are dawn and dusk. That's when the mosquitoes are most active. If you can avoid being outside in a mosquito area at those times, that's the best thing for you to do. The third D is dress. Dress appropriately. If you are outside in a mosquito area at that wrong time of day, wear long sleeves, wear long pants. The fourth D is drain. Mosquitoes breed in standing water. As little as half a cup of water can be enough for mosquitoes to reproduce in just four days. So drain all of the water out of tires, flower pots, anything that may be laying around your yard. And finally, the fifth is DEET. Make sure you have a good mosquito repellent that uses 25 or 30% DEET in its formula. DEET is the best thing to keep those mosquitoes off of you. Again, West Nile virus is something you need to be aware of, but it's not something you need to panic about. Always interesting, Gary. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining us for Two Minutes in the Yellowstone Ecosystem, sponsored by the Yellowstone Wildlife Sanctuary in Red Lodge, Montana. 
This podcast updates every Friday on iTunes, YellowstoneEcosystem.com, and the Sanctuary's website, YellowstoneWildlifeSanctuary.org. Thanks to our recording partners at FM 99 The Mountain, where you can hear this show live every Wednesday at 8.22 a.m. I'm your announcer, Jenny Van Oyen, and I hope you'll join me next week for another episode of Two Minutes in the Yellowstone Ecosystem.